This is Paul Nobles from Eat and Perform, and I am sitting here with Meredith DeLamar. Meredith, if you want to say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. So the big reason why we're doing this podcast today is basically there is nothing on television. <laughs> there is no sports to root for. There is The only thing that's actually on that I am remotely interested in is, of course, the World Series of Poker. Um, it is sort of interesting for those that don't know. I used to play poker pretty seriously before Eat to Perform. In fact, I, I often argue that, uh, you know, I was in sort of a unique place to be able to kind of create what we're doing here because of the mathematical approach that I had with, uh, with poker. But um, so anyway, we can kind of get into that uh, in terms of, you know, just some of the things with, with Eat Reform, we did actually release our app. Uh, we were we were going to have like this big launch around the 4th of July, but we kind of came up with a new feature that we're really not talking a lot about that I think people are going to be pretty excited about. So we're waiting for the big launch um, for that to happen for the big launch. So we're probably looking a little bit closer to August 1st. But most people, uh, you know, it's, it was really interesting kind of looking at the statistics um, from the new app and to have basically, you know, 800 users um, from the Android platform on it every single day to go to like six, 7,000 was, was pretty exciting to, to watch. Um, so you are still able to uh, to join Eat to Perform with the free trials. I will say that uh, because you know Meredith and I are actually on the phone team, and you know between dedicated coaches and calling new people, um, we're very limited on the amount of people that we can sign up at any given time. So if you see that signups are open, you might want to jump in because they're not open all the time. So kind of keep that in mind. So Meredith actually just got back from, from a mini vacation. Talk to us a little bit about how that went. Well, it's kind of funny because um, people think I'm a little strange when I say this or they'll wonder what's wrong or what's going on. But I actually took a trip by myself and I've never done that. Um, I went to Florida for four days. Um, I'm in Missouri for those of you that don't know. And my, um, the dentist that I work for one day a week has a house down there, a vacation home, and he let me go and stay in it. So it was just a really kind of a, a cheap, easy trip. And so he's in a place called Palm Bay, which is south of Melbourne, um, which is on the Canaveral Coast, for those that don't know, kind of south of Cocoa Beach. And um, Palm Bay's inland just a little bit, but it was like 20 minutes to the beach, like not, not far at all. And... I just needed some time to myself. <laughs> I've got two kids and a husband and a couple different jobs and coaching and just different things that I do. And um, I just needed some de-stress time, some time to actually catch up on sleep and um, just kind of refocus and re, I don't know, prioritize, I guess, maybe. and just. How did the sleep go? How many, how many hours of sleep were you able to get in? Oh, eight, easy, eight, nine. The thing that surprised me, here's what surprised me, is when I wasn't, because I, for those, we've kind of talked about this in our sleep podcast. I really struggle with sleep. I, I struggle making it a part. This is one of the things that I wanted to think of, on and figure out. But because I coach so early and I have so much going on in the evening, I just have a hard time getting um, eight hours of sleep. And I never wake up before my alarm. I always am on an alarm. Um. Six six hours is a good night for me, to be honest. Um, so what surprised me when I was down there is I set an alarm because I wanted to go to the beach, um, and I didn't want to waste all day <laughs> in bed, and I wanted to get up and get there early. Um, not super early, but just early enough that um, I had good waves and stuff to bodyboard. Um, but I woke up every day before my alarm clock before my alarm went off, and I was just right at eight hours, eight, maybe eight and a half, and um, 
it surprised me. I, I, I fully expected that I would just, you know, have to wake up to that alarm or whatever, but it would be okay because I was getting those eight hours. But I was really super surprised that did I didn't you, need the alarm. Did you end up napping? Um, one day. One day I took a nap. Um, but no, I, I really didn't because for the first – and I nap at home. We, we talked about this before. I'm a firm believer in power naps, but – I think it's because I finally got enough sleep that I was just um, rested. Now, the last day I was there, Sunday, I spent most of the day um, in the ocean, and it was the hot, it was the hottest day and the day that the best weather. So I spent as much time as I could in the water, and so I was just kind of worn out just from the sun. Um, yeah, and a little bit a little bit more exhausted. So that night I really felt it, and then I had to get up pretty early for my flight home on Monday. But um, that was the only only day that I really felt tired. But I think it was just more from being out in the water and the sun, and just that kind of zaps you and exhausts you a little bit. But it was just nice not to have to worry about anybody else. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I've been, it, I've been married. For those of you who don't know, I've been married 18 years. Actually, this week, this Sunday, um, it's been 18 years. And in 18 years, I've never done anything like this. I've never gone away by myself, even just overnight. Never had a reason to. Not that, you know, it just, it was good. <laughs> My wife talks about that. I, and actually, before Meredith left, I told her that my wife did this, um, which is interesting that you seem to have almost like this guilt because you left. Yeah, um, I do. Um, and I think that's hilarious because uh, I used to travel the world, you know, playing poker and uh, never thought twice about it, right? Never <laughs> felt the guilt. Um, and, uh, you know, most of, you know, what, what happens at a poker tournament, so you're in Aruba, right? Mm -hmm. Or France, you know, actually in France, um, I did take my wife. Um, there were There were certain trips where I would take my family. Uh, I wouldn't say every year we went to Aruba, we, but I definitely remember one or two years where, where we did. Um, but, you know, you would be, you know, on a cruise, right? And, mm -hmm. and you get not like when I was on the, the poker stars cruise, I got knocked out on the first day. So you're you're on a cruise for the next seven days, you know, and, and zero guilt, like <laughs> literally zero guilt about it. Um, but you know, I'm actually uh, uh, this is like my sixth week of napping. Um, mm -hmm. Last week was sort of interesting because my sleep got a little weird, and there's definitely been some creepage where my bedtime is normally 9.30, but, you know, because of fireworks, it was like 11.30, you know, the other night. And, um, you know, there's just been a few nights where it's like creeped to, to 10 o'clock. And, and that those small changes actually do make real big differences for me. So I try to get real disciplined and get back in order as much as possible. But my sleep has been phenomenal. Um, last week, you know, with my napping, I was able to, you know, it's interesting because you're seeing all these people talk about coffee all the time. And I'm like, you know, if you really like coffee, guess what else you'd really like? Sleep. Napping. Yeah, <laughs> napping, you know. Um, and uh, like yesterday, the, uh, you know, I slept really good and then I was was able to nap. And I mean, I felt like, Superman, you know, I mean, just, just, just hundred percent. Awesome. 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 So much so that, uh, you know, the tendency is to always go to the gym when you're feeling a hundred percent. And I just did not feel like going to the gym. So I didn't, you know, like I just enjoyed, you know, having that sort of euphoric state and went for a little bit longer walks with my dog and, kind of enjoyed my time with my family but um but yeah I think the other thing too is that the day previous you know for those that don't know I've talked about it a lot I'm sort of getting to kind of the the top end range of where I want to be for reps so I'm kind of thinking about how I want to structure kind of the next reps I'm right around 250 for 
um, for reps. Uh, you know, my next set, my last set was four, four times three. My next set will be five times three and four times three was hard. I have to say, um, I'm not a gifted squatter. You know, I, I have squatted mid threes, um, but it took a lot of work to get there. I'm actually, I, I will do some version of this, uh, but I'm probably going to move to back or chest or shoulders or something around August time. And, uh, you know, it just feels like I'm getting to the kind of the top end range where a lot of people would deload. So that's what I'm going to do. But uh, the naps have been, have been great. Uh, game changer. You know, uh, when I was early on, I didn't really want to talk about them a lot because uh, one of the, the the burdens that I carry is if if I say, hey, guys, I'm drinking green tea. Everybody's like, OK, we're drinking green tea for fat loss. And it's just <laughs> No, that's not that's not it. I'm just drinking green tea because I like green tea, you know. Right. So I try to be a little conscious of the fact that like whatever I put out into the atmosphere, people absorb and assume that, you know, I'm doing it as it relates to, you know, my my, uh, you know, fat layer, you know, but it, it does often you know, relate to health, you know, um, and so, uh, you know, but, but I, but I'm always very conscious of that, you know, that, you know, whatever I'm doing, you know, just to kind of give it a few weeks before I really sort of bring it out there. The nap thing, you know, even though I talked about it, you know, I wasn't really talking about, we talked about it more on the podcast and we haven't really done that many podcasts recently just because the summer, has been getting a little bit crazy. Um, anything interesting with, with training? It's sort of funny that you mentioned uh, my wife believes that she was destined to be a, uh, a surfer. Um, oh. She loves boogie boarding. Whenever we mm -hmm. go, trip, you know, like especially if it's a warm place with waves, you know, she she needs boogie boarding. Right. Or or like body surfing. Well, that's that's me. I absolutely love um, I love the ocean. I love waves. Um, and I a couple years ago, actually, we when we took the kids, we rented a board and um, actually learned to surf a little bit. And I can paddleboard. I love stand up paddleboarding. I'll stand up paddleboard in the lake. I did do stand up paddleboarding in Hawaii one year, which it's a whole lot harder to stand up paddleboard in the ocean than it is on a lake. But um, because of that, I felt like I'd have pretty good balance when it came to surfing. And I mean, I did okay, not great, but I did okay. Um, but I like the like the bodyboard or boogie board. I really, I really like that because you can catch those waves, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot more work than people think sometimes. Um, I when I was in Florida, I didn't. I had people ask me, um, so did you drop into a did you drop into a CrossFit gym while you were there? I saw probably twenty of them, but I didn't walk into one. I did not do a structured workout. Um, I walked on the beach, um, swam in the ocean. I, been, I didn't actually do any training, and it was actually really, really good for me. And when I came back, so it was funny you mentioned napping and how good you feel. And um, yesterday I coached my – the owner of our gym is actually out of town um, for the week, and so I've been covering a lot of classes for him when I got back. And – so I wasn't feeling great yesterday morning, and then, um, but we had on our workout, um, the workout Karen. It's a named workout. For those of you that don't know CrossFit, um, it's 150 wall balls for time. And this is a workout that I have, I have a tumultuous relationship with Karen, and I have worked and worked and worked to be really good at this, and this is one of those workouts that I I'm, I'm, I'm pretty decent at, and I, um, my improvements on this are very small. Like, the last time I did it, it was only like a six-second PR from the time before that, and the time before that was only eight seconds. So I'm just, I'm to that point where it's really hard to get a lot. But yesterday, I coached it in the morning. I just kept thinking, I'm like, I'm not doing this today. I just, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling great. I didn't sleep enough last night. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. Well, then... 
I took a nap yesterday afternoon, and I woke up, and I'm like, oh, we'll go in and do it. And I got another five-second PR on it, so I came down on that one a little bit. But so I'm having a hard time walking today, but it's <laughs> a different story. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there is definitely a difference when you when you get enough sleep and you can you really feel good after those those naps. But since, uh, since the last podcast, you know, there was a um, well, I did I did this half marathon road competition, which was kind of interesting because it was that lifetime. Yeah. Um, and it was it was interesting just because it was part of their alpha program, which is. It is kind of like CrossFit, but but not really, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the way that they do it is structured very differently. And um, the I know the trainers there real well. And actually, um, the the guy John that runs the program, his in-laws used to go to the CrossFit that that I go to. So we've been pretty cool. And he's like, hey, you know, you should do this row. And I haven't really been doing a lot of long cardio. I, I'll run. Um, I, I used to say that I run every week, but it's really been more like once every two weeks. But, but even in the case of once every two weeks, you know, it's like a five-mile run, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, you know, doing this half marathon row was – you know, hard, but, you know, I was able, able to do it. What's interesting is that, and this is, this is, you know, I have to say, I used to really love the gangster aspect of CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you would go to the gym and, you know, it's 107 degrees and and you lose 10 pounds while, while working out and, and this and that. And I think at that point it was so small in nature that you felt like you were part of a niche, right? Like everybody else is wearing Nikes and you're wearing Pumas, you know, it was sort of like that, you know? <laughs> um, but now, you know, the, the alpha class that right now they just operate off of the platforms and stuff that, that we can all use, but they have a dedicated alpha space that's coming and it has Alico, um, all Alico weights, which you know, yeah. if if you're not familiar with Olympic weightlifting, that's the that's the weights that they use in the Olympics, you know. But Alico platforms, um, their their pull up bars and stuff like that are are really super cool. And I am a straight up gym whore, right? Um, <laughs> Because even in the competition, right, the competition was supposed to be outside, but there was a little bit of rain. So I kind of prep or I can't remember if it was a rain or if it was heat. Yeah, it was heat. And I kind of prepped for the heat, you know, and I was like and then I thought there's just no way that corporate lifetime fitness is going to allow. And, and of course they didn't. You know, we were in the air condition. And even with that, I was still sweating pretty good. But, um, you know, I told John that I'm going to give it a chance and uh, come to some of the the alpha classes just to see how it goes. Because I have to say, like, being part of that competition, I did sort of miss the community aspect. I mean, like, you know, just doing more bodybuilding type training. Now, Now, I will, you know, fully... There is no way that I'm going to stop doing what I do related to sets and reps. But, you know, since since the last podcast, John, the guy, the, actually both of the trainers that are alpha trainers, and I think there's more than two, but but two that I know, they both compete fairly often in local competitions. And so I went and watched uh, John compete at one competition and kind of got the, the bug a little bit again, because I think I've talked about this in the past that, you know, when I started CrossFit, it was like one year after the ranch, right? So basically for a hundred bucks and a six pack of beer, you could be in the CrossFit games. And so, <laughs> so I always kind of wanted to do that. And then of course it became like this big, monstrous deal 
Now, it does seem like CrossFit is losing a lot of traction, but where it does seem to be gaining traction is in these local competitions. There seems to be a lot more of that. Is it like that in Kansas City? I would I would say that. Um, we do, there are a ton of competitions, a ton of local ones. I mean, you could almost do one every other weekend if you wanted to yeah. um, in the area. And I did that last year. I did four within eight months. So every two months I did a, I did a competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look, I've already got people planning for ones in the fall. Um, there's some coming up in the summer. There's some that just completed some. Um, so yeah, there are always lots of competitions. I think we're actually hosting one. Our gym is, we're going to host one coming up. We're going to do it with the make a wish foundation, which is kind of, kind of a fun thing. But, um, yeah, I would say that Here's my opinion, and this is just this is just Meredith Delamar opinion. This is not anything with you know CrossFit or or my gym or anything. But I think sometimes what lacks a little bit in CrossFit is variety. I mean, I know we have variety in our um, in our metcons and in our you know our lifting and our modalities and the different movements and stuff we do, but um, you know, we don't always like, you know, why don't we go do something else like, you know, rock climbing or, um, you know, something else. Does that make sense? Like some other variety of a really good, a really good workout. And I think if there is a gym here in Kansas City that has its, um, it's Brave Enough CrossFit and there's a um, CrossFit gym and then literally you go through the bathrooms and you're in a rock climbing gym. And I did a competition there where one of our um, floater wads, we had to climb a wall. And that was just, I mean, it was just a completely different modality, completely different variety than something you would you would normally get. But it's even running, for instance. You don't have the, I mean, you may run in workouts for um, CrossFit, but rarely do you go out and run a 5K or, you know, more than that, four or five miles. Um or even the long rowing and stuff. I mean, you just some. I just sometimes think that there's we have variety within what CrossFit does. Does that make sense? And no, I think I mean, it's inter it's interesting what you're saying because I think what what CrossFit has become is basically a bunch of 20 minute wads, right? And it's and some strength, maybe some strength in there usually. You're a 20 minute wad with sit ups or with you know, clean and jerk or whatever, but it's all sort of been whittled down to kind of this similar thing. There was, you know, there was a lot of criticism with CrossFit early on, and there was a lot of videos of people doing like silly stuff. And I thought it was interesting because I went to a gym that didn't do any of that. Like we, we would only wad maybe a few times a week. Um, we were working on skills. We were working on strength. And then the wads were sort of like how you would test all the skills and strength that you acquired. And, you know, naturally, um, as you try to appeal to a bigger market, you know, CrossFit becomes, you know, a competitor to Orange Theory, right? And so it's like, okay, well, I can go to Orange Theory or I can go to CrossFit. So what do you guys got? Well, every day we do a 20-minute wad and we get that heart rate up going. It's like, yeah, but is, are you getting better at exercise with that, right? And I think that, you know, we used to, we used to every year we would do a 5K row. Every year we would run a 5K and then you, you would test it. And, and that doesn't happen anymore. And, um, but that is how I train. Uh, just right. so you know, I, I, I know it's not sexy and I know it's not near as fun, but you know, I can tell you this, that my body looks different, you know, and anybody that does regular bodybuilding training, I mean, I will say that, that a lot of, a lot of the people that I train with that are kind of bodybuilders and things of this nature, they do sort of lack in, in the the cardio piece but they look like people you would want to look like 
right? But like, but go ahead. So I was just going to say, so we have the other, I mean, we, in our gym, we have some different programs that we'll do. We have like a barbell club and we have a strongman and I really am loving the strongman stuff because it's, it's just different. It's things that you don't normally do. Um, you know, D balls and stone to shoulders and yoke carries and farmer carries and, you know, different things like that that you wouldn't normally do, but that's extra stuff that I've got to do on my own. Like that's not part of our classes, if you if you will, but yeah, I I, like, there was this, go ahead. I feel like it should be part of your classes. Like occasionally, yeah. like oh, 4th of 4th of July, we had a partner wad. And what we did with that is it was, we had to run a hundred meters and then it was these stone to shoulders with these hundred pound or 150 or 75, depending on where you are. And there were lighter ones too. Big um, dead D balls, the dead balls that you had to take, you know, over your shoulder. And then there were pushups and handstand pushups in there too. So, Every once in a while, we'll get some of that workout in our strongman workout into our into our wad. But as a as a whole, it's a separate separate type of programming. But what I was going to say, so there's a gym in New York that is kind of taken all of this, and I just I wish that we had the resources and all to do this. But I think it's Solace. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But they have CrossFit. They have a traditional or CrossFit affiliate. Um, but they have a whole strongman area. They have a hit area but, um, where they do that. They have a lot of like yoga and Pilates and um, just some of these other um, things that they have in their gym, but that are available at different times. And I think they have different floors and stuff like you're, that. But. You're basically describing Lifetime Fitness, right? Oh, yeah. And so like Lifetime <laughs> has all those options and the, the problem that they always sort of run into is that there's just not enough of, like it was really, um, my wife was watching an alpha class and mm -hmm. it was really appealing to her, you know, because in CrossFit, you know, you have former division three athletes and all these people and Lifetime tends to attract more like just regular folks that the other option was treadmill and they kind of want to advance to kind of the next thing. So they, they move to this and um, it's not like CrossFit, right? But, um, and, and there's certainly, there's certainly people in the class that are higher level that could compete in a CrossFit class fairly well, but the good majority of people are more, they just advanced from boot camp or they're still kind of in boot camp. Right. And right. I have to say, like my wife was really interested in that, you know, and um, I didn't find it near as interesting. Um, you know, I definitely. I'm interested in kind of adding maybe a class a week to kind of my hit structure right now. Pretty much all I do is. Um, Airdyne sprints, you know, and I've been really trying to get really a lot better at those over the over the summer. But um, I, I think the big thing for me is just being able to compete in local competitions, you know, and, you know, my form on clean and jerk is never going to impress an Olympic coach. You know, <laughs> my, my, my form on a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, I came to fitness late, you know. But I'm also really strong, and that's that's been an emphasis. It's actually interesting that you mentioned strongman because I did have the ability to train strongman, um, you know, when I kind of forayed into powerlifting for a while, and I did love that, you know. Um, the problem that you run into when you're in those scenarios and you're doing your own training is that you – this is the one thing that CrossFit has a monstrous advantage over is when you're in a class with 20 other people or 15 other people, everyone's sort of pushing you, you know, and, and you push yourself because of that. Right. And so there's, there's this, this one, you know, side where, you know, people do get hurt on occasion, things of that nature. And then there's the other side, like I'm talking about at Lifetime, where it's a little bit like CrossFit light, but you don't get hurt, 
you know it's like where's the happy medium and i i would say i would say even after close to 10 years you know probably 11 to 12 years really of you know having fitness as a priority in my life i'm still trying to figure that out right i mean i know right now you know my lifting squats some level of bodybuilding some level of high intensity work and some level of endurance but just finding trying to find what my good groove is with that i'm still still searching for that a bit and i think that probably evolves i mean in my opinion that evolves a little bit as you as you go and with what your goals are at, at certain times i would i would assume that it would probably evolve um what would work best but where I was gonna, where I was gonna go, I don't wanna. I mean, I to be to be very clear, I love CrossFit. I'm you know I'm a level two coach. I love my gym. What I love, and the thing you mentioned, I absolutely love the community aspect of CrossFit. And I think in the right environment, I kind of was laughing just a little bit. I was giggling to myself when you were talking about the kind of athletes that differ sometimes from the CrossFit gyms to like the Lifetime Fitness that you'd say and. Um, our, we have a little bit different clientele, I would say that, for our, we have our really, really good athletes, but we also have people that are walking in off the street that have never done anything. I've also got, we've got a lot of older clientele that, um, that do great, but when things are scaled or adjusted in a way that is, um, appropriate, I guess is the right word, um, you know, I think you can get that without without the injury, and you can have all of those people in those different levels do it. And that's kind of the other thing that I love about CrossFit. Again, done in the right environment and with the right coaches and the right programming, um, is that, and I tell people this all the time, that really I have a guy who is well into his 70s who has Parkinson's disease, and he can do every workout that we do. Now, he's not doing a 30 inch box jump <laughs> or you know he may not be doing um, he may not run he doesn't run he'll row instead of run but there's always something that he can do and I think that's what I love about CrossFit in the right way in the right environment is that it's um, really well, it can be done in a way that anyone can do it but I'm with Chris, you as far as the, the community aspect of it is the real draw so Chris Spieler was my coach for level one, right? Okay, so yeah. He went to through two um, because the first one, I, I kind of went in there, you know, with, I, I don't know, I just, you know, CrossFit was not a thing at that point, you know. Mm -hmm. They were offering these, these level one certifications and it was like, well, fine, I'll go, you know, because I wanted to see whether or not like life was going to take me into the, the avenue of being a trainer. Maybe I would own a CrossFit gym. Like who knew? You know, there was less than a thousand affiliates at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, so I walked in there. I, I'd never had a test that I failed um, that that I paid attention to. And uh, I still feel like that the 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 test for the level one is worded a little weird. Now that was that was like I said many years ago, so maybe it's changed. Um, but it was great for me that I did not pass because I was not ready to be a trainer. And still to this day, I've not I've not trained anyone. I've not pursued that because I chose the nutrition path. And what was interesting was that in my in the second one when I retook the test here in St. Paul, Chris Bueller was the uh, the coach, and he said something that I remember to this day. And I think if every CrossFit gym did this, it would be the best version of CrossFit because I see a lot of people, especially at the CrossFit gym that I used to go to where the people that were the worst in the gym were always the ones that finished last. What Chris Spieler said was, is that everyone should modify appropriately so that the people at the end of the class finish at right about the same time that the RX people are. You know, that's when you know that everyone was programmed correctly. And Correct. so somebody finishes at 14 minutes and another person finishes at 38 minutes 
that's not CrossFit, right? What he was saying is that, you know, the, the, when you look at Fran, right, this used to be like a common argument of mine was that all these people doing like a 15 minute Fran kind of missed the point of why you do Fran. Fran should look like the way that they do it at the CrossFit Games. So you should modify it as such. Right? And that's what that's what we say. I mean, if you do a 15-minute Fran, you're not doing an RX Fran. I don't care if you do the weight. I don't care if you do the pull-ups. You lost the stimulus of the workout. The stimulus of the workout is to be a sprint, and it's to be a short, high-intensity workout. And so if you're – that bugs me just a little bit sometimes, the mentality of, oh, I've got to do this RX. I've got to do it. But if it takes you 30 minutes – and it was only supposed to be a 15-minute workout, you lost the stimulus of the workout. It's like... What people will say, like every year at the CrossFit Games, right? Or not, mm -hmm. not at the CrossFit Games, but the CrossFit Open, is you'll have people that do one rep of something, right. RX, because it scores better, you know, for the CrossFit Open. And it's like, to me, that sort of misses the point of why you're involved in a, in a competition. You know, absolutely, but, absolutely agree, a hundred percent with that. But you know, I'm all, you know, I, it's like free speech, right? I'm okay with you saying something really crazy, right? As long as you understand that I might have a different point of view, but I'm not judging you one way or the other. You you want to do one rep? Go ahead and do one rep. But if you want to get better at exercise, if you want to be part of a competition, at least understand the basics of the competition. So do they have like game day where you are? You know Meaning the competitions? I would like, I'm sorry. What, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, game day competitions is kind of a big deal. Um, you know, I know that they have them a lot here. Um, I know that they're having one in Chicago real soon here, but uh, I just wanted to know if, if that was common, but maybe it's not. Maybe uh, there's a million different competitions these days, you know, um, and it's sort of interesting, but yeah, I think, I think the, um, I don't know. It's sort of weird because on the one hand you want to be super inclusive. And then on the other hand, it's like, you know, People go, well, how am I ever going to get to the point if I don't do a 15-minute Fran? It's like, well, you know, you get to that point by, you know, working on lifting a little bit heavier, being comfortable with reps. I mean, there's one, you know, I mean, like right now, I would say that I can lift really well. I'm very strong. But when it comes to lifting for reps at a high weight, I would say that is not a forte of mine at the moment, right? So that's a different level of training. And so that's why I think there's always value in kind of working on those skills. You know, like when when I did the Granite Games, as an example, I was not doing CrossFit um, going into the Granite Games. And I think I spent two months getting up to speed. And I think for for, you know, I mean, I didn't like crush the Granite Games or anything. But uh, we were competitive, you know, we, we um, you know, we all had our moments. I, I tended to be kind of the smallest guy, you know, so I ended up being the burpee guy. And then we had um, Taylor, who was, you know, kind of younger and, and could kind of do everything. He was probably much better than, than myself and the other partner. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I just think that, those kinds of things are fun, um, and I'm and I'm actually excited to get back. But I, I think, you know, my days of going to a, a CrossFit gym, I think, like you said, it was all fine, well, and good when we were all wearing the kill T-shirts and stuff like that. You know, where you're, what was the saying? Like, uh, uh, fit people are harder to kill or something. <laughs> And we were all like super gangster and we were going to save the world, you know, when an asteroid hit and stuff like this. And then now I'm like, you know, it's kind of cool. Air condition. 
What's kind of cool is is and is showers, you know, being able to take a steam, you know. Yeah. Um and, and and I think realistically, you know, as as these other places, Orange Theories and Lifetime Fitnesses and stuff like that, as they are putting the pressure on CrossFit gyms, you know, CrossFit gyms do have to respond with a little bit more diversity. And I think you see places like Brick solace you know like you mentioned um invictus these types of places are having to adjust their business model to to kind of adjust to to things overall but um and my my thought on all of this is honestly anyone who's doing anything is making themselves better and that's that's great you know and i just i don't think that there should ever be a oh you don't crossfit well you know, or, or you don't Olympic lift or you don't, you know, I just, and I, I mean, we're not saying that at all, but, and I just want to make sure, but it's, I, I think that there's a lot to be said in, in the variety and a lot to be said. Like you said, you're still trying to figure out your groove for what's best for you and your goals. And I think some, if you don't ever give yourself an opportunity to, to explore that and to have some variety, you may never find it. You may never find that thing that, um, well, that's why be the that's best. Why, yeah. That's why I'm interested in competitions now because when I competed last or when I was actively involved in CrossFit, I was 160 pounds. Now I'm 185 to 190. So what that allows me to do is lift a lot more, be a lot more capable. I mean, of course, with body weight stuff, it's going to be a little bit harder. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm okay with that, right? Because, you know, the reason I exercise is to look a certain way, right, to work towards certain goals. And so I think it's important for people to kind of realize that, you don't just exercise just to lose weight or you don't just exercise, right? You have to, you know, initially that is usually the reason that starts people on that path. But once you're, once you're eight to 10 years in and exercise is a priority in your life and your sleep is right and your food is right and things of this nature, you then start to gravitate to what, you know, not only kind of helps your your personal body composition goals, but also the things that you like, you know, and the things that you would like to participate. Like the of the group, so there's there's this group and and some of them weight lift. Actually there's this one gal, she she um she she probably exercises the way that I think most people should, right? So she um she does she's with me in the bodybuilding. I see her doing like some hit stuff. And and what was interesting is there's a group of four and they were like, hey, you should join us, you know, in doing the Tough Mudder. And I, you know, and I was just thinking back the first time I did the Tough Mudder, you know, I was nervous as all get out. It was like the one of the, you know, first couple of years of the Tough Mudder and everybody was doing it and it was like the most badass thing you could possibly do. And then now everything is just as badass as the Tough Mudder. Um, and so my dad drove up to watch me do it and stuff. I mean, it was like a real deal. And, uh, you know, they're like, you know, hey, why don't you do it with us? And I was like, I've just passed that. You know, and and part of it was, you know, I saw someone get really badly hurt on the course and was just like, honestly, I, I just, you know, I'm not going to dive into a hole that I don't know what's in that hole. Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I, I was just going to say, so it's funny you brought up those because I've almost been forbidden from doing them just because I mean, I. um, I teach I teach yoga. I'm pretty well balanced and. Um, I'm really graceful when I'm standing still. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a klutz. I will trip and fall and run it. I would, I would hurt myself. I would be the person who broke her leg or broke an ankle or a wrist or had to have stitches. That would be me. So I don't do them. I've never done one. I will never do one. Yeah. And it was, it was funny too, because a lot of times, you know, I, I, it's been a few years since, mm -hmm. since I've seen them, but 
you know, I would say 75% of the people that were doing it walked the course. Oh, yeah. It's fine. There's no judgment on you walking the course, but that seems to be kind of like defeating the purpose, you know. Um, not that you should never walk a piece of it and stuff like that. I mean, running and doing the, the things and stuff like that. Um, you know, my first year, I ran the whole thing, did as many obstacles as, a, as I could. I, I remember there was, there was one person, um, and it was the final obstacle with the, the sho shocking things, right, that would shock you at the end. Um, there, there was two or three things, two or three obstacles that would shock you, like put an electrical shock in you. And so I was kind of going through the course, and the one thing I definitely did not want to do was get shocked. And so I was kind of wiggling around it, and someone goes, you're supposed to run through it, right? They're on the sideline telling me to run through it. And I was like, I'm over here, and you're over there. I already did 25 obstacles, right? <laughs> like, I'll just do this the way. I'm not trying to get electrocuted, right? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I felt like that was the most sane thing that I could ever do. You know, is to try to not be electrocuted. And if you were actively trying to get electrocuted, like I said, no judgment on you, but that's pretty crazy to me, right? Why? Because you don't, you don't know the level of electrocution that was going to happen. Like some right. of them really were really hard, and some of them, you know, weren't so bad. But yeah. you know, the, um, but yeah, my gangster days are kind of over. You yeah. know. Well, we have two guys. We have two guys in our gym who are nationally. They nationally compete in obstacle course races. So those are. I mean, they're fun to watch, and I think it's great. And the difference for them, the variety of training that they have to do is pretty, pretty great. And we've actually adopted in our gym some different OCR um, type um, equipment. And um, mon we have monkey bars. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> monkey bars. But. Um, Anyway, so that's how you got good at the monkey bars. You didn't mention that part. We just got we just got them. They came in like two weeks ago. Um, but no, so it's kind of been fun to watch that and watch people try those things and watch people um, you know, attempt those kind of things. But the variety and training that they have to have to compete at that level is pretty intense. It's pretty interesting. But it's I think it's fun to watch. I think people that do them, I think that's great. I just Personally, no, I'll never do one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that necessarily, you know, you need to do any of these gangster type things, but it is sort of fun to to try it, you know. And I, and like I said, I'm not like diminishing anyone that's going to walk it. If you're going to walk it and do all the obstacles, and that means something to you, then then go for it, you know. But what I did sort of you know, it was a lot of young people that, mm -hmm. you know, it was almost like a drinking event for them, you know, and they just went there and they did not train at all. And then by mile 10, you know, they're like cramping up and hurt and stuff like that. And I think that that you have to be prepared, you know, um, yeah. when you're doing stuff like that. So anyway, um, so we wanted to do this one. You know, obviously we, we had no real uh, clear objective, but, you know, it's just during the summer, there's just very little on TV. There's just not a lot going on. You know, it's warm out all the time. And so we wanted you guys to hear our voices. We actually had problems with the, the um, building blocks. So we're going to redo that one next week. And hopefully we figured those things out actually you know, the fact that we were able to do this podcast suggests that we should be fine. So um, I appreciate everybody listening. Do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Um, yeah. Um, I hope everybody has a good rest of your week or weekend, I guess, for the weekends coming up. I hope everyone had a good, safe Fourth of July. We didn't talk about that at all, but ours was super low-key. We didn't do anything, but I hope everyone's recovered and um, from their fourth and enjoying their summer. I mean, we still got a couple months left of summer and um, got a lot planned. So I hope everybody's. It does feel like uh, it's going really fast. Yeah. yeah. 
the uh, I leave for Oregon in in a couple weeks, and then we have Eat to Perform summer camp um, early August, which you know we're all excited about. I'm really looking forward to that. I will I will be I will spend some time in the ocean that time of year. Um, there should be some really pretty good sized waves. Um, you know, this we get first, yeah, this is the first year. You know, in the in the past, it used to be a client thing as well. And uh, we just decided that this year we would do just staff, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, but mostly we just wanted uh, some time alone to be able to bond because, you know, we're all over the world, you know. And so for us to be able to kind of get together and have kind of a week, I think will be fun and we'll just be doing reviews and I'm sure we'll do live podcasting at that point. So uh but anyway i yeah no in terms of fourth of july we just you know ours is pretty low-key we do the fireworks thing it was actually a really bad car accident um almost like within 50 feet of where i was sitting and uh you know the person tried to turn pretty abruptly into the parking lot and then the person behind them was driving so fast that they weren't able to stop and all their airbags went off, but no one was hurt. You know, well, the, the, the guy in that was rear ended, he left in an ambulance. Um, you know, he, he looked like he had a, like a little bit of whiplash, but he didn't look like, you know, he had, you know, blood flowing everywhere or anything like that, you know, not to diminish his injuries, but, you know, it looked like a really bad crash, you know, and so to have people walk away from it was, was pretty cool. That's um, good. All right. So appreciate you doing this with me. Hope everyone does have a great weekend. We're uh, summer's about halfway done folks, you know, <laughs> and so let's make sure that, uh, we're kind of keeping things in check. You know, if you guys aren't aware, there's two really big times that people um, kind of get more into the, you know, I don't know, fat loss mode. And I would say that's probably in the fall and, of course, you know, after the new year. So it's really important in the summer to keep your activity up. And to, you know, keep your lists up, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the building blocks and to keep your weightlifting and, and really kind of push who you are as an individual. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we talked about that in a podcast to be smoted up this summer as far as, you know, see what you can see what you what you can do. Push your limits, you know, test yourself a little bit and take the summer to really, you know, work hard and. Yeah, a lot of really great things. All right. Well, appreciate everybody being here, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Now. Bye.